Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grant Fagerheim is the president and CEO of Whitecap Resources, Inc. in Calgary for over 30 years. He's uh, been involved with the oil industry in both the upstream and downstream areas of the oil and gas business. And prior to founding Whitecap Resource Inc. in 2008, Mr. Fagerheim was president and chief executive officer and a director of Cadence Energy Inc., a public oil and gas company. And in that same Financial Post piece, he's quoted as saying, if the people of Canada think for one moment that we can only have Canadian investors and hope to drive any type of business going forward, they are absolutely, massively mistaken. Grant Fagerheim joins us on The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Mr. Fagerheim, thank you very much for the time. And please put that, uh, that, that quote of yours into perspective. We, we cannot survive by just having Canadians invest in our energy sector. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Roy. And, and uh, 100% uh, the, the comment that I had made about um, we cannot have uh, any growth in the Canadian sector, whether it's energy or any other sectors in Canada, we cannot grow our business and create jobs um, without foreign investors, whether they're United States, Asia, or Europe. And at this particular time, with the policies we have in, the, in Canada, are not friendly to future investment. So these are one of, some of the areas that we have to change and, uh, uh, with our federal government policies. When we talk about the, the numbers, about the money that's involved, and I, I tweeted and I've been speaking about that I find it absolutely unacceptable that we have a, a government that that raises the deficit, borrows more money in the multiples of billions of dollars. Our national debt is six hundred and ninety billion, I believe. Our deficit probably in the eighteen, maybe more billion dollar range. Meanwhile, money, energy, jobs, um, prosperity, economic prosperity, is sitting on the ground. Correct. It's sitting in the ground. We're, we're, we're not moving. We have, we have rail cars, and I've been to Lac Megantic, so I know what, what can happen. Um, we, we, we're, we are not taking advantage of what is available to us, what is ours, what it would be logically expected to be taken advantage of by not only the federal government, but all governments in this country, I would expect, should, should be enthusiastically supporting what's going on. What do you see? How do you interpret this, uh, this Mr. Figurheim? From my perspective, Canada, um, as everyone has heard, is suffering from lack of confidence in the Canadian economic policy, making it our country difficult to invest uh, for not only foreign but in the country investors as well. This is not just in energy; um, it's also technology, manufacturing, and other sectors. And there's a need for consistent, honest, and tra- transparent policies that Canada has known. Uh, for, uh, is not known for at this time, I should say. Canada has focused its efforts on social policy that is commendable. However, it has been at the expense of the economic and financial policy, therefore putting Canadians' financial position for our aging population as well as our kids and grandkids at risk. And to me, that just isn't acceptable. I think we have to challenge, we have to stand up and push back to the policies that are being developed and put forced upon Canadians at this particular time. What other country would absolutely, I shouldn't say ignore, but whatever, what other country would put its, uh, put a, a massive nas- national resource that would have such potential benefit uh, 
to the nation uh, on the back burner or just or just negated to the point where it's not even mentioned in a in a in a fiscal uh, fiscal update. Let me ask you this: I I mentioned a minute ago the eight hundred thousand barrels a day that are being imported into Canada in order to give the Eastern Canadian refineries something to do. What do what's your thinking on that? Well, this is challenging. This is uh, where it becomes very, very difficult for us to understand and comprehend, and I think it should be for all Canadians to comprehend. So when we're selling our products at in excess, losing over $100 billion per year in revenue, which equates to, by the way, paying off the debt of 10 provinces within uh, one year, um, yet we're importing through Saudi Arabia, uh, we're buying $300 million dollars a month of Saudi oil into, uh, whether it's into eastern Canada, uh, and we're also buying 270,000 barrels a day of importing U.S. oil into Newfoundland. These are into Newfoundland, Quebec, and Ontario. Yet we're struggling to get our products to market. And that's why when you have one customer in the world, that's which is the United States of America, it is critically important to get our product to foreign waters, to foreign markets, uh, whether it's on the east or west coast of Canada. I think um, the, the massive amounts of money that's being left for our resources, these are ours. And when, and when we talk about this, when we think about it this way, that when we work in the energy sector, on behalf of all Canadians, we work to harvest these resources at the lowest cost possible and sell the production at the highest price possible while doing so in the most respected environmentally and advanced processes available on the planet. Today, all the Canadians are being penalized financially for not being able to sell our assets anywhere close to world prices. This is a travesty. It has to be something that has to be addressed. We have a prime minister who said this. Listen again, please. Oh, there is no question that uh, folks in Alberta, folks here in Calgary, are uh, are living through extremely difficult times. Yes, this is a this is a very much a crisis. When you have a price differential that's up around forty two, fifty dollars, even uh, that's a, a massive challenge to uh, to local industry, to uh, the livelihood of a lot of Albertans. He doesn't seem to understand that it's not just local industry, that it's not just Albertans. Albertans are taking the bear and the brunt of it, but it's all Canadians are suffering because of this. He doesn't quite seem to understand that it's a national issue. And, and I must ask you this, has, has there been anything as far as you're concerned, even a hint, that the federal government is going to provide necessary assistance to the Canadian energy sector? He didn't bother mentioning it during the fiscal update, or Mr. Morneau didn't. Are you seeing, hearing anything that encourages you? Well, Roy, it's interesting. That one's an interesting one, because there has not been any attempts by the federal government to provide assistance other than to comment that they have bought the pipeline. I think the patronizing comments that we did hear uh, um, by uh, Prime Minister Trudeau uh, two days ago in, in Calgary, um, saying that we feel your pain. I don't believe they know the pain that is happening in our municipalities in Canada, um, not just in Alberta. This is going to be felt right across Canada for, for much time to come. So when we, we're hopeful um, that they will soon acknowledge that Canada is becoming more and more divided as a result of their inability to get things done in this country. A true test for all of us uh, to pay close attention to for certain. Um, when we look at this B Bill C-69, um, 
we would expect that at, at a minimum, the government would have come out and said that we're going to defer any decision through the Senate on Bill C-69, and we can explain that after, but defer it through to um, an election vote, um, because it will stymie any pipeline activity in this country for many, many years to come, which again will be harmful to the financial benefit of all Canadians. That has to be understood. It's all of us. Hospitals, uh, our healthcare is extremely expensive, becoming more so. We hear constantly that is the, you know, it's an aging population. Uh, and, and, and people are paying for medical services they never thought they'd have to pay for because the money's not there. The money's in the ground in Alberta. Please hold on, Mr. Fagerheim. I want to ask you when we come back. You mentioned um, Trans Mountain. Well, Mr. Trudeau talks about Trans Mountain extension being built in the right way. I have no idea what that means, and I suspect he doesn't either. My guest is Mr. Grant Fagerheim. He's the president and CEO of Whitecap Resources, Inc. in Calgary. He has more than 30 years' experience in uh, both upstream and downstream areas in oil and gas. So the Prime Minister wants some advice, Mr. Fagerheim. He's anxious for advice. So I'll ask you this. Do you have a sense that uh, this government, he talked about how hard they've been working and how committed they are and, and brought up Trans Mountain. Do you have a sense that they're going to actually follow through on the commitment to Canadians, uh, you know, actually do something with the $4.7 billion they spent to purchase TMX? Do you see it being built? What are your thoughts? So I must admit, Roy, at this time, that I am not confident that the federal government has uh, can demonstrate the leadership required to build this pipeline. Um, when we hear uh, Prime Minister Trudeau talk about the right way, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, I don't know what they're referencing by the right way. There's no specific outline of what this right way is, and does that mean Canadians have not done it the right way previously? Um, I struggle with that. I sure hope that this government, along with all Canadians, understands what we are getting this pipeline built means to all of us, not just the energy sector, but all Canadians. Perhaps being bringing back a little confidence from investors that these projects can get completed in Canada and Canadians can get the benefit for their resources. I hesitate and I, it bothers me to say that I don't think it's their clear intention to drive this pipeline or any pipeline, as a matter of fact, through to, uh, to completion. No, he says the right way. Frankly, the Prime Minister says the right way because somebody told him to say that and it means nothing. It really means nothing. Um, when, when you hear the suggestion, and it's made by, made by industry leaders in the oil business, that Alberta should maybe slow down the flow of oil, arbitrarily say, okay, this is all we're going to produce now. You're going to have to live with that. Is that a smart move? That's a disastrous move. And you think about the financial... Oh, when we're talking about these near-term curtailments, I mean, I think that um, one of the premises that we have to live within... Roy, is I think um, that we should be, as Canadians, accelerating our products to market, getting to form pricing, so that we can, as you had mentioned earlier, we can build, have the best healthcare systems, build better schools, advance technologies, um, have a better social network from our underprivileged people of our country. Um, when, when we talk about the near term, 
you know, uh, we while I normally don't support uh, government intervention, we're at a crisis point in the market. The market has become distorted, and the only way to rebalance and de- the the demand and impact of the oil uh, price for Alberta producers is to cut back production. Production, um, regrettably, we started to hit voluntarily, but it needs to be an industry uh, wide uh, to have any impact. So, therefore, Whitecap Resources we support the option if it is time limited, targeted until pipeline capacity issues are resolved. I'm going to be speaking with the former Premier of Newfoundland tomorrow, Brian Peckford, and he wrote, I'm going to read this tomorrow, but I'll, I'll read this part now. The federal government can't just look south. They've made things almost impossible for the Alberta oil and gas industry, which is in large part the country's oil and gas industry, the country's oil and gas industry. The gateway pipeline stopped because of the federal pipeline halt on pipelines in the Great Bear Forest. Energy East Pipeline stopped because of new federal policy on including downstream issues in pipeline construction, delaying Trans Mountain until taxpayers have to pony up if it really ever does go ahead, making more regulation in the revised environmental legislation presently before Parliament, and on top of that, a carbon tax. So a double whammy, one we inflicted on ourselves, one by the Americans. Are we... If, if, if things don't improve, where will we be in a year? So this is, that one's a, a very difficult, uh, we are dealing with a massive amount, we will be dealing with and are a massive amount of capital cutbacks at this particular time, which is jobs. And if we're into relative to energy, um, but that the spinoff effects, we can't give the financial magnitude of that today. But that should be the responsibility of our federal leadership. They were elected to right. do a job to look forward, not look back, see the challenges that we have, understand and be proud of the fact that we are the have the highest. And I, I wish I didn't have to do this. We have ten seconds. And highest standard um, of uh, uh, environmental responsibility. But I have to tell you. Um, I'm concerned over the next, what I would consider to be next year, I'm very concerned for for where we go financially from this point forward. Mr. Fagerheim, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you'll come back. Okay, thanks very much, Roy. Thanks, Brent Fagerheim. He's the President and CEO of Whitecap Resources, Inc. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.